Amen. Well, it is wonderful to be here this morning. Um, I feel like I need to introduce myself. My name's Katie. One, I need to introduce myself because maybe you don't recognize me without a baby strapped to me. I usually have Liam, who's seven months old, on me. And the other reason is because I haven't been here for like the last three weeks or so, maybe even more, because we've had... We have kids at home and they've just taken turns getting sick. They've been really good at sharing. They've done a great job at sharing whatever illness they bring home. And Paul's actually with them today. So it's, it's not because I've backslidden that I haven't been here. I still love Jesus. Paul and I are still very happily married. If you don't see us together, okay, we're not fighting. We are, yeah, happily married most, most days, most days. Sick kids in hunting season isn't really, <laughs> anyway. <laughs> not helpful to a marriage. Anyway, um, but yes, I'm really excited to be here um, this morning. I'm happy to be here. And even with the snow when I woke up, I thought, well, we'll see. But I'm just, aren't you glad that you're in church this morning? I'm just excited for what God wants to do. And this week has felt a little bit impossible for me personally. It's been a very uphill um, crawl to get here, but I really just felt God saying, you know, where there's opposition, where there's heavy opposition, just because the ground that you're taking matters. And I really just feel like as a church and what God is doing, that we're taking ground and there's going to be opposition. We've got to be prepared for that. But all of that to say, yeah, I'm excited to be here. So um, as Andy said, we're in the midst of a series called Why Did Jesus Come? just kind of pausing and reflecting amidst the busyness of December, amidst there's all sorts of good stuff happening, right? Everything's open with, after a couple years of closures with COVID, there's lots happening, all the Milner magic, all these fun things are happening. But in the midst of it, we don't want to lose the wonder of what Jesus has done and why he came. And so, you know, this, we've been in this series, um, Nate started us out, he just talked about why and how Jesus came to usher in the kingdom of heaven, right? To bring heaven to earth, this newborn king that we sing about. His heaven came to earth. Uh, his kingdom came to earth through Jesus. And then last week, Andy talked to us just about the gift, the free gift of grace, and how Jesus came to restore our relationship with God and to restore that, to bring healing there. And so today we continue to answer that question of why Jesus came. Jesus came for purpose. Just like Andy said, he, he came on a rescue mission. He didn't come to stay a manger in a baby, a, a baby in a manger. <laughs> there we go. It's all part of the story and it all helps us to understand him and who he is. But you know, the more familiar that you are with this book, um, the more you see God's plan woven from the beginning to the end, you see just his plans and his purposes with the stories, with the people, the prophecies, the, the themes, this word, it's living and it's active. There's no other book like it. And in the Bible, there's around 300 prophecies in the Old Testament that speak to the coming of Jesus, that actually speak to why Jesus had to come. Much of this book is actually answering that question, why did Jesus come? And in the book of Isaiah, um, it was written about, it's in the Old Testament, and it was written about 700 years before Jesus comes. But what is written is absolutely amazing in the detail and the precision that it describes some of Jesus's life, what happened in his birth, what happened in his death, his resurrection. And so I want to go to Isaiah this morning just to lay a foundation. As people have hinted today, we're talking about Jesus came to heal us. He came to bring healing. 
So in Isaiah 53, I don't know if we have verses or not with the projector, but you guys should have Bibles if it's electronic or otherwise. Isaiah 53, verse 2, this is talking about Jesus. It says, He grew up before him like a tender shoot, and like a root out of dry ground. He had no beauty or majesty to attract us to him, nothing in his appearance that we should desire him. He was despised and rejected by mankind, a man of suffering and familiar with pain. Like one from whom people hide their faces, he was despised, and we held him in low esteem. Verse 4, Surely he took up our pain and bore our suffering. Yet we considered him punished by God, stricken by him and afflicted. But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was on him. And by his wounds... We are healed. So he came to save us. He came to take that punishment. It says he took our grief, our sorrow, our sickness, our transgressions, and brought us peace. You know, one of the names in Isaiah for Jesus is the Prince of Peace. And it says that by his wounds we are healed. And that's what we're going to get into today. But a little bit further in the book of Isaiah, chapter 61. Verse 1, it says, The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me, because the Lord has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and the opening of prison to those who are bound. Proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. And we know that this scripture in Isaiah 61 is talking about Jesus, because in Luke 4, Jesus gets up in the synagogue and he opens the scroll of Isaiah. And he reads that passage, and then he says, today, this has been fulfilled in your hearing. So he's saying, hey, what Isaiah was talking about, I'm here. The Spirit of the Lord anointed me, Jesus. And that's what he starts doing in his ministry. We see him starting to preach good news to the poor, to set liberty, right? To bring liberty to the captives and to bind up the brokenhearted. And these two verses We'll come back to them as we get through this. But there was a plan all along for Jesus to come not only to save us, but to heal us. How many of you would agree when you look around the world today that the world needs healing? There's beauty and there's good in creation. There's a lot of wonderful people on this earth. And even with Christmas, there's cheering, there's joy. But with it, there's still a whole lot of brokenness. And if you just spend some time in your local emergency room, as we have recently with kids, or walk downtown Nanaimo, even at the mall, we see people all around us that are in need of healing both inside and out. Right, we live, the reality that we live in, it's a fallen world, right? We live in broken bodies. Um, Sometimes we're more aware of how temporal and broken these bodies are when we're fighting illness in the trenches with kids for weeks, as I know many of you have. I don't want to be melodramatic because I know a lot of you guys have been in the same boat. It's been a long haul this year. Um, but in Romans 5, it talks about this. It says in Romans 5 verse 12, it says, Therefore, just as sin came into the world through one man and death through sin, so death spread to all men because all sinned. So we know where death, brokenness, the sickness comes from. It's because of sin. 
You guys are quiet. Are you with me? <laughs> okay. So I know this isn't really like an uplifting, super Christmassy, but just bear with me here, okay? So sin, because of it, we are born with this fallen nature. And that's actually the first point I want to make is that sin leaves us broken. And I think it's important to establish this, that we are broken on our own, left to our own devices. We are broken, body, soul, spirit, because of sin. In John 10.10, we quote this often, it says that, the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy, right? So sin and the enemy, they bring brokenness, and we see the effects of this over generations. And we've lived that brokenness. I'm not sure about you, but I haven't achieved sinless perfection yet. So when I sin, I still experience that brokenness, and it draws me back to Jesus, and it draws me back to my knees. So from time to time, we can still experience that. Sin leaves us broken, And I just feel like before we dive into all of this good stuff of how Jesus came to heal, we need to settle and establish that pain, sickness, and suffering, that those things came after the fall and are the result of sin, the consequences of sin. But what about the second half of John 10, 10, right? So we know what the enemy comes to do. What does Jesus say? Jesus says, I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. So the good news for us who are broken is that Jesus came to heal our brokenness. And that's the second point this morning, is Jesus came to heal our brokenness. When he came as a baby, he knew he was going to the cross. Spoiler alert. He knew it. He went to the cross and he took all of our sin and all of our sickness and all of our brokenness once and for all. That's why we can sing these songs about glory to the king or hallelujah to the son of suffering. There's a song that talks about that. It's because he suffered in our place. And healing was a big deal when Jesus walked the earth. He healed a lot of people. He came teaching the good news. He came forgiving sins. Um, he came setting people free from demonic oppression, but he healed a lot of people. If you read the Gospels, it's just full of it. It's like left, right, and center. It's like Jesus leaves and he, and he gets interrupted and has to heal somebody in the midst of it. They bring him the sick and, you know, he, we see a lot of God and Jesus just moving and healing in the Gospels. And the reality is that he has not stopped healing people since he started all those years ago. And his redemptive power still heals today. And, and we believe that God actually wants to heal people here this morning. But in Mark 2, um, it talks about, it's the story of a man that's carried on a mat. Um, it's the paralytic guy that's carried by his four friends. You can go there if you want to. Um, this is found in Mark chapter 2. I'm going to paraphrase a bit. Because I have a lot of scripture this morning that I want to get through. And Paul, when he took the baby and my diaper bag, he took my timer. So I'm sorry, you guys. But I have no idea where I'm at for time. But that's okay. I'll just keep plowing through. Um, but Mark chapter 2. So there's lots of people. There's a full house. Jesus is preaching. He's teaching the people. And it says that there's no room. Still no room at the inn here with Jesus. So People, it says that they can't even get to the door. His friends are carrying this man. They want to bring him to Jesus because he's lame and he needs healing. And they've heard that Jesus can heal, right? So they go find Jesus. But there's a crowd around him. 
And so these four men come, they can't get in, so they're like, okay, we're gonna go on the roof. <laughs> we're gonna go on the roof. So I don't know how, it was probably, you know, the houses in those times, there was like stairs and a roof, but they get up to the roof, they take a part of the roof off, and they lower their friend, the, the paralytic, on a mat. They lower him through the roof. They bring him to Jesus. They find a way. And in, in verse five of Mark two, it says, when Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralytic, son, your sins are forgiven. And Jesus senses in his spirit that even that moment, the Pharisees and the religious people start to question like, what, how can he say that? Who does he think he is? Who can forgive sins? And he senses it in his spirit and sensing their questioning, he says, why are you questioning? What's easier to say to the paralytic, your sins are forgiven? Or to say, rise, take up your bed and walk. And what does Jesus say? He says, but that you may know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins, he said to the paralytic, I say to you, rise, pick up your bed and go home. And he rose and immediately picked up his bed and he went out before them all. And the people, it says they were amazed and they glorified God saying, we've never seen anything like this. In response to their faith, Jesus says, you are forgiven and you are healed. He addresses this man's broken spirit and he addresses his broken body, right? His limbs that don't work. He says, rise and walk, be healed and be made whole. And we often say, or you're probably familiar with the idea as humans that we are, right? We're not just this body, this shell. We are body, soul, and spirit. How many of you guys or hear that would say, yeah. Um, words that three components. You can get really philosophical with this of like what is soul and what is spirit. And I'm not necessarily, that's not my goal. We're kind of keeping a, a higher picture. I don't want to get too in depth or definitive with this. But I do believe that God wants his people to be whole in every area, that that's why Jesus came to bring healing. And so I think we could say that really any or all of those three areas, we can be broken, right? Body, soul, spirit, because of those consequences of sin. Just because everything looks good on the outside, we can be falling apart on the inside. We've had those days, people are like, how are you? You're like, I'm great. Um, you know, I think of celebrities and celebrity culture. They look like they have it all together. They're really good looking. I think of um, Tom Brady and Giselle. They just recently announced that they're ending their marriage. I don't know how recently it is. I'm not really up to pop culture, but it was recent to me. Um, Giselle, she's, you know, she, I've got a soft spot because I lived in Brazil for a while and Giselle's like their wonder child because she is amazing. Um, but, you know, they, you think about Tom Brady and Giselle, they have like reached the peak in their careers. They have it all. They're way too good looking. They don't really seem to age. They've got money. They've got fame. They have campaign contracts. Like, they have it all. And yet, they're experiencing brokenness in their marriage. And I don't care who you are. I don't know them personally, so I can't speak to the other areas. I don't care who you are, but a broken marriage is devastating. So we can have it look good on the outside. You can have it all together, but inside, right, we know that there can be brokenness. Even spiritually, Jesus spoke to the Pharisees and he called them out. He said, you guys are like whitewashed tombs. He's like, on the outside, you're white and beautiful, but inside, you're, there's dead bones and filth. That's pretty intense. Um, so we know that, you know, what we see doesn't always line up with the inside. And even sometimes, you know, I've 
worked, obviously I work in, I'm a nurse when I'm not on mat leave and I've worked with the elderly population, the aging, it's wonderful. Lots of wonderful stories, but sometimes you see people where their mind is so sharp and they are clear as a bell, but their body is just, it's failing, right? It's winding down. It's near the end of their season on earth. So we know that we're complex as humans. There's these different components to us. And the word talks a lot about spirit and flesh, but there's a place in scripture that talks about and lists out these three clearly. So we would say body, soul, spirit. I think that's because body is probably the most familiar with us, right? Our body has a loud voice. It says, feed me when I'm hungry. It says, let me sleep when I'm tired. We're most familiar with with our flesh. It's the most real to us. But listen how Paul lists them. And this is in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 23. He says, may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely and may your whole spirit and soul and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. So sanctify you completely. Sanctify just means to make you holy. Sanctify you completely holy. So Jesus came to bring wholeness to our broken state in all three of these areas. And there's no way that we can be blameless like the scripture is talking about without Jesus bringing healing. And Paul has it right in how he lists it in order of priority, right? He starts with spirit. Because spirit, that is the deepest part of our being. That's the only part of us that's eternal. And the good news is that We know, so even though sin would leave our spirit in a broken place, that is the first thing. Jesus came first and foremost to restore that relationship and to bring healing so that our spirits, right, that we can have communion with God, that we can experience him, that we can walk with him in this life and into eternity. Amen? So that's the good news is that we get to walk with him. But we know that sin leaves us in spiritual bondage. Like it's the, the Bible talks about us being captive to sin. But Jesus, when he comes, even in that Isaiah 61, he says he came to proclaim liberty to the captive. So he sets us free spiritually. He makes us new. He sanctifies us. He calls us, he calls you a new creation. He says the old is gone and the new has come. And in the Gospels, we even see Jesus encountering people um, that are in bondage because of demonic oppression. And, um, you know, Jesus came to bring freedom to our spirits. Again, it says, opening of prisons to those who are bound. He cast out a lot of demons during his ministry, right alongside him healing people. And that's kind of another topic, and we don't necessarily have time to get into all of that. But this I do know, there's a kingdom of light and there's a kingdom of darkness. And anything that is in opposition to that kingdom of light has to flee at the name of Jesus. There is only one name that is above every name. And that is Jesus, the King of kings and the Lord of lords. So if there is something that is in opposition to that spirit of light, that is, then that we need to deal with that so that Jesus can bring healing spiritually and we can make it all weird and I don't think Hollywood has helped when we talk about demonic oppression and stuff like that like it gets really weird but the reality is it's clear there's darkness and there's light and anything that is not of the kingdom of light needs to leave so that Jesus can be king and can reign supreme and so we believe that God wants to bring healing spiritually 
Yeah, we do. So the next area is our soul, right? So spirit, soul. Soul would be our personality, our hearts. It um, encompasses kind of our minds, our emotions, our will. Souls, kind of uh, us having a soul is what makes us different from being a robot, really, in some ways. Um, it kind of encompasses a lot. But again, we would see the effects of sin on our hearts and our souls. There's a lot of hurting people. Um, and that those people that have been hurt have in turn hurt other people. There's a lot of um, emotional trauma. There's scars. There's abuse. There's unhealthy thinking patterns, right? There's fear. There's anxieties. I don't need to go into all of it, but there's a lot of ways that we can be broken inside, right? Um, but again, the good news is that Jesus came to bring healing. And even in Isaiah 53, it says that he bore our grief and he carried our sorrows. He's familiar with our pain. That's what's so amazing about Jesus. He didn't let us suffer from afar and he said, figure it out. He left heaven. He came, humbled himself and was familiar with our pain, was familiar with suffering. He came to bind up the brokenhearted. And what I have found out in the last couple of weeks is that there is actually a, an emoji for being brokenhearted. Did you guys know that? There is, um, if you type in, I found this out totally by accident. It's a little heart with like bandages on the side. Have you guys seen it? If you type in uh, feel better, it'll give you the heart with the bandages on the side. If you type in healing or healed up, it'll give you, you guys know what I'm talking about when you're on your phone texting, it prompts you with a little emoji. Some of you guys are like, what is she talking about? So the heart, there's this little heart with bandages. There's even an emoji that for brokenhearted, Jesus wants to heal us. In Isaiah 61, it goes on to say that he wants to comfort all who mourn. There's an oil of gladness instead of mourning. There's a garment of praise instead of a faint spirit or a spirit of heaviness. There's this divine exchange when we come and we surrender our brokenness and we are real with it and we give it to him. He can come and bind us up and heal those wounds. And you know what? I just want to say that your hurt and my hurt, that it's not too messy for Jesus. He's not intimidated. He loves to get in there in the mess with us and bring wholeness. And again, we believe that, that I believe that there's people here today that have been carrying hurt that God wants to bring healing and wholeness to once and for all. There's things that you've been carrying that I don't believe God wants you to carry into the future. So spirit, our soul, what about our bodies, right? Our physical bodies. Um, again, we're probably most familiar with this, right? It's visible, it's tangible, it's flesh and blood. Jesus wants to bring healing to our bodies. In Matthew uh, 4, verses 23 to 25, Nate read this a couple weeks ago when he was talking about the kingdom. I'm going to kind of skip through it here, but it says, He went throughout all of Galilee, teaching and proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom, healing every disease and every affliction among the people. And so his fame spread, and they brought him all the sick, and it lists out a bunch more things, and he healed them. 
Reading the Gospels stirs up our faith for healing, I tell you, because Jesus, he healed people, and he healed people in all sorts of different ways. Sometimes he heals them with a simple word. He just spoke, and it was done. Sometimes they were close to him, but sometimes they were miles away, and they're still healed. Some people were healed because they touched him, right? That woman, she reached out and touches his garment, and she is healed. But some people, he reached out and touched them. He actually reaches out and touches the leper, the untouchable, and he brings healing there. He spits in the dirt and he makes mud to heal a blind man at one point, which that's not my preferable way of healing, but if that's how God wants to do it. He heals lots of different ways. He heals, like we said, the blind man, the mute, the deaf, the lame, the lepers, those with fevers, those suffering with bleeding disorders, he even raises the dead. And Jesus has not changed. It says that he took our infirmities and he carried our diseases and by his stripes and by his wounds, we are healed. And there is no expiration date on the work of the cross. I want to say that again. There's no expiration date for the work of the cross. He said it is finished. That means it is finished. And the finished work of the cross is what gives you and I confidence to come to Jesus and to ask to be healed today. It's the finished work of the cross. That's what gives us confidence to pray for the sick to be healed today. And we know that these broken bodies that we live in, they need healing from time to time especially if you're like under the age of seven right now. They need a lot of healing. And there's also this reality that we know that these bodies and these hearts that will be fully healed and whole at the full expression of the kingdom, which is in heaven, right? In eternity. It says there that in heaven, eternity with Jesus, that he will wipe away every tear from our eyes, that uh, there will be no more death, no more sorrow, no more pain, wonderful. That's our inheritance. But in the here and the now, we also know, like Nate shared a couple weeks ago, that Jesus came to usher in the kingdom of heaven here on earth. And Jesus actually teaches us to pray. And Andy even said this in the prayer meeting this morning. Jesus teaches us to pray and he says, your will be done. Your kingdom come right? Here on earth as it is in heaven. So he has the power and the authority to heal our bodies in the here and the now. And he loves to bring wholeness. He's a good father. He knows our needs. He sees us. That's one thing I love about God is even when he walked on the earth, he saw the individual. It wasn't just about the crowds to him. He sees us, and he knows how these bodies work. He made them. That always gives me such faith when I'm praying for people for healing. I'm like, God, I don't need to tell you what to do, how to heal, because you know how this works better than I do. You are the creator. And he's that good father, and I think we need to remember that, because I'm, I'm a mom. I'm an average mom. Um, I'm very flawed, but I hate to see my kids sick. Like, I hate it. It's horrible. It's, it breaks your heart, right? I want to see them whole. I want to see them healthy. I want to see them laughing and playing and smiling and enjoying life, getting out all of that energy. How much more our good Father in heaven 
I believe he wants to see his, his kids whole and healthy. And that's why he says, come, ask, knock, seek, present your requests. Come, ask, knock, seek. And in my own times, in my own life at times, sometimes this, this, the truth about healing or the revelation about healing and God, God wanting to heal in the here and now, it almost feels like as if I'm standing in front of a door and I want to go through it. I want to walk into all that God has for us. Even, but it's almost as if the, the doorknob that somebody's just greased it up, like they put Vaseline or oil on it. And it's like you try to grip it and it's just a little bit slippery and... You're like, why isn't this opening? I don't know, maybe, maybe that's just my own experience. But sometimes I'm like, I want to walk into all of this, God, but it just feels a bit, a bit slippery because the realities that I see in the flesh, sickness, like I worked in healthcare. You see a lot of people in pain. Um, yeah, like I think healing is often misunderstood and, and it can feel a bit mysterious because sometimes we see people healed and sometimes we don't. Um, when we're praying the same things and it feels like we have the same faith. And there's a lot of teaching on healing out there that I actually don't think is super helpful and it kind of muddies the water too. And it, to be honest, it sort of felt like the elephant in the room as I was preparing this because I'm like, yeah, God, you, you want to teach about healing and I see it and I believe it obviously in my heart. I'm like, but I have a house full of sick kids that I would love to see healed. And you know, even in this, the, the voice of, of intimidation, I don't know about you, but sometimes when you're um, about to step out in faith or in obedience, it's like just the voice of the enemy, the accuser, just these voices of intimidation would come. And this week, in the last couple of weeks, it's come quite loud in my life of just like, who are you? Like, who are you to share on this? One, your kids are sick. But two, if any of you guys know my story, you know, I was given a diagnosis of um, Crohn's disease when I was 19 years old. And I don't love to talk about myself up here, but Paul was really like, I think you have to this time, Katie. So, yeah, but I mean, there's, there, I've been on my own journey with this piece of faith for healing. Um, and yeah, around my 19th birthday, I was given a diagnosis and they pretty much told me um, I was like 100 pounds. I was so malnourished, like I was not absorbing any nutrients. I was in a rough state. And they had said, you know, Katie, you're just going to have to learn to live with pain, pain and flare-ups. It's just going to be a part of your life. Crohn's disease is an autoimmune condition. It affects your intestines. Um, but yeah, they just said, you know, you're just going to have to live with it. Pain's just going to be a part of your life. And I remember thinking as a 19-year-old, like, okay. Um, but, you know, I want to say that it, it hasn't, it's been a journey for sure. But glory to God, I want to say that that has not been my story. Pain isn't a part of my daily life. Thank Jesus. <laughs> I'm very grateful. Um, and, you know, most of the time, I do really well. I would say I'm in remission, and I'm on medications. I'm really grateful for them. Um, I'm grateful that God brings healing in many different ways. Uh, but over the, there's been about 15 years of, of this journey, and I do way better than I should. I see that. When I go get medications, like, I see other people in the same boat, and I'm like, Lord, it's because of you. I know that you've sustained me. I've had three healthy children. It's 
miraculous, really, when you look at it. I know that he has sustained me and that he's healed me many times. Um, but the reality is in the flesh, I am still trusting to see a full measure of healing in my own life. I've seen God do a lot and I'm so grateful, but I still believe for a full measure of healing in my own life. But even if I never see that, I will still praise him. And I will declare this truth that he wants to heal because my soul is secure. And it says that my spirit has been made alive in him. And I'll pray for the sick with faith because I see that in his word. And you know, when intimidation comes, sometimes we have to just go back to the Bible. And I mean, this week I've taken it to, to Jesus and I've just said, yeah, Lord, maybe I'm not the best one to share on this. But I just felt God just say, you know, Katie, what have I asked you to do? I've asked you to walk by faith and not by sight. Our theology is not and can't be determined merely by what we see and what we experience. Because we're all over the place. Our, our theology can't be determined by what we feel. We're called to base our faith and ground our faith in the word and who he says that he is. And he says that he is Jehovah Rapha, the God who heals. Back in the book of Exodus, when sin was starting to cause some, some damage and some havoc, he reveals himself as Jehovah Rapha, the God who heals. And he is moving when we can't see it. Um, when we don't see it, he's still moving. He's still healing. He's still restoring. And he's still making all things new. And sometimes, you know, and we've seen God heal people. It's amazing. Paul and I have prayed for people and we've seen God bring healing, which is so wonderful and it stirs our faith. But I think just sometimes when, if you're like me and standing in front of this door that you want to go through, but the doorknob feels a little hard to open, um, I just want to share a couple things that have really helped me and just brought freedom to trust him in this area of feeling of healing in our physical bodies. And that is just that Jesus, how are we doing on time? Are we okay? Okay. Jesus is not a healing miracle vending machine. It's not like, you know, you need two faith coins and some spit and the blind man is healed. Three faith coins and a word and this, you know, the servant of the centurion is healed. It doesn't work like that. Um, He's not a vending machine. He is God eternal. He is sovereign. He is wise. And he is powerful. So there's that revelation. And when we come to him, we trust him for who he is. There's that right reverent awe of who he is. When it talks about the fear of the Lord, right? It's that right reverent awe of who he is. And all the other thing is that there is no formula when it comes to healing. And Jesus showed us that, right? He never did things the same. He never did things the same way when he healed somebody. We do see that faith is a common denominator in healing. Um, we see that in scripture again and again. But even that, it's not always the same as whose faith it is, right? Even with the, the paralytic lowered on the mat, it, Jesus says, the word says it's, they saw their faith. And then other times it was, seems like it was the person's faith. What about the, when God raised the dead, 
they didn't have faith because they were dead. So there's this piece of, you know, there's lots of arguments about faith and we can't measure faith anyway. Only God can. So just, I think we can rest in this piece of there's no formula to healing. And so even sometimes with lots of faith, we still don't see healing. And you know what? We don't have to fill in the blank. I think we have a bad habit of doing that, but we can trust Jesus with that blank. We can trust him with the questions and with the untidy endings. We don't have to have the answers. And instead, we can actually trust in the Lord with all of our hearts, like it says, and lean not on our own understanding, but then we can be persistent in our prayers. And we can grow almost a stubborn faith I can be pretty stubborn in my own right. But a stubborn faith that won't give up, that won't lose hope, that trusts even when our eyes don't see it because he said it and he is faithful. And when I look at all that he's already done for you and I, he is so trustworthy and he is so good. So when we step out in faith to pray for healing in any of these areas, body, soul, spirit, we stand on his word and we stand in complete dependence for his power to move because his ways are not our ways. And that actually brings me to my last point and it's pretty quick, I promise. I know we spent a lot of time, but I really wanted to unpack this piece of, of body, soul, and spirit because we can overemphasize one, I think, based on our upbringing in church. Um, when we think healing, automatically our mind goes somewhere. But God wants his people whole. If we want to walk into all that God has for us, we need to let him bring healing in every area of our lives. And the last point is that, um, is that he wants to use us to bring healing. So isn't that just like God? Is that he takes these broken vessels that he's healed and he's restored and now he wants to bring us and use us to bring healing to others. I think it's, it's beautiful. He wants to use us to bring his kingdom in the here and the now. And he's commissioned us and he's commissioned his disciples. He sends them out in Matthew 8 or Matthew 10 verses 7 to 8. He says, as you go, proclaim this message. The kingdom of heaven has come near. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse those who have leprosy, drive out demons. Freely you have received, freely give. Freely you have received. We heard about this last week. Freely we have received, now freely give. Mark 16 in verses 15 to 18, it just says, Go into all the world, proclaim the gospel to the whole of creation, and these signs will accompany those who believe. In my name, they will cast out demons, they will speak in new tongues, they will pick up serpents with their hands, they will drink deadly poisons, it will not hurt them. Still don't recommend that. But what does it say? They will lay their hands on the sick and they will recover. There's a lot to say here, but I'm going to keep it simple. And maybe the worship team wants to come back up now because we're going to take some time to minister to people. But he wants to use us, empowered by the Holy Spirit, to bring his kingdom here on earth. And part of that is to pray for healing 
and see people restored in every area of their life. And friends, I think we can miss out so much. We can miss out on so much of what God wants to do in this area and so much of the healing that God wants to do in us, in our own lives, and then in those around us. The healing that he wants to bring through us I think we could miss out because maybe we're too afraid or we're too uncertain to ask or to try or to step out in faith. We need to follow the Holy Spirit when he leads and when we feel prompted to step out and to pray for healing. We need to rest in the fact that the end result of what happens in that moment isn't up to you and I, but it's up to him. Our role is just to be attentive and to be expectant and to be obedient to step out. The rest is up to him. It is supernatural. That's the God that we serve. So sin leaves us broken. Jesus came to heal our brokenness, body, soul, and spirit. And now he wants to use us to bring healing today. His is the power and the glory and the honor forever. We just step out in obedience. And so you guys can play. Sure, yeah. Um, and they're going to actually do a song that Camilla and I had talked about doing because I think it just, there's songs that are so rich in theology that I think it can just wash over us and that's my hope. So I think what we're going to do, Andy, is we're going to let the worship song start to, worship team start to sing this song. It's all about Jesus and the cross and how he came and how he healed. But we want to pray for people today. We can't hear something like this and then be like, okay, Merry Christmas and go home. We're here today. You guys endured. You came through the snow. We believe that God wants to do something. So I'm going to let the worship team, they're going to sing this song over us. But what we're going to do is we're going to pray for healing in these three areas. So body, soul, and spirit. So spirit, right? We know this is eternal. This is kind of the forerunner. This is the most important. So if you feel that God wants to bring healing spiritually this morning in your life, that relationship, if there's anything that's that's, that feels distant or broken in your relationship with God, let's get right with God today. Let's let him bring healing and wholeness. Let's bring those things that are maybe just bringing some disconnect between you and God. There's no better time than today to get right with God, to walk in the fullness of that relationship that he has for you. So if you want to see healing in your life spiritually, we're gonna ask you to come over here. If you want to see healing in your life, in your soul, so that heart, so maybe it's emotional or mental healing, some hurt, some disappointments that you need to just surrender to God today. He wants to bring healing and he wants to bring wholeness. So spirit, if there's, so soul, so emotional, mental, those sort of things. Over here, if you want to see healing in your body, if you're trusting for healing in your body today, we believe that he wants to bring healing in your bodies. It says that we will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. 
So what we're doing is just a simple act of obedience. So those three areas. So they're going to sing for us. I'm going to stop talking and they're going to sing. And then as you feel led, if you're trusting for healing in one of those three areas, come, come. If there's enough leaders, we'll pray for you. If there's nobody praying for you, we believe that the Holy Spirit knows what you need and He can minister to you right here and now.